I'm Ed Randall, and you're listening to Baseball and Barbecue. This is Greg Lazinski, and you're listening to Baseball BBQ. Hi, this is Gary Mack of the Mets Musings Podcast, and you're listening to Jeff and Len on Baseball and Barbecue, one of my favorite podcasts, and I know it's one of yours, too. The only problem is, after I get done listening to it, I'm hungry. All right, guys, take it away. Welcome to episode number 60 of Baseball and Barbecue. I am Len Aberman, and I am here with my magnanimous host, Jeff Cohen. No, you are not having a time warp. It has not been two weeks. So you do not have to look at your calendar. It is actually an episode we're going to bring to you because a lot of people are sheltered in their homes and they're looking for things to do. So we are bringing you a bonus episode. Bonus. Bonus episode. Bonus episode of baseball and BBQ. Yes. This is going to be big. Well, I don't know know about big. (laughs) Big. It won't be long. It won't be long, but it'll be big. But we have a great guest. We have a really great guest for episode number 60. Very relevant in the news right now. We have Darren Heitner, who is the sports and entertainment attorney. He's also a double gator, which you're going to find out all about that in the interview. But, Jeff, before we begin, do you have anything you want to say about this interview? No, I want to thank uh, Jared for setting it up and getting Mr. Heitner. He was a very interesting guest. Very, and like I said before, very relevant to today's news in, in the sports world, in terms of baseball. Yes, definitely. And we wanted to get this on as quickly as we could because... It's relevant. If we waited any longer, who knows if it would be relevant anymore. Right. But it's quite relevant now. Right. And Len, while we're at it, let me just give the information. You can give us a call at 516-855-8214. Email us, baseballandbbq at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter address is at baseballandbbq. We have a YouTube page, baseballandbbq. We have Instagram. Baseball and Barbecue, where barbecue is all spelled out. We also have our website, www.baseballandbbq.weebly.com. Did I get everything there? I think you did, you did great. <laughs> we, Thank you very much. Before we begin the interview, we have an email that I wanted to read. Okay. Right? That I wanted to get this on. So let me get to the email. Okay. Here we go. Shell and Dave. Shell Krakowski and Dave Dresser, who will be featured in one of our upcoming episodes. Here's a bit of trivia, and, and listeners of the show hopefully will get this right. We play a song at the end of the show. We've been playing the song, Baseball Always Brings You Home. Who wrote that song? I think I made it pretty simple. Yeah, I think so. Shell Krakowski and Dave Dresser. Well, they wrote us a nice email, and I'm going to read it. In listening to the show, both Dave and I 
We're so sorry to hear you've been suffering with the coronavirus. We send our very best wishes for a total recovery soon. Our regards to Jeff and continued thanks for playing baseball always brings you home. We are spreading the word about your unique and fun show. Best wishes for good health to both of you and your loved ones, Shell and Dave. Oh, thank you very much. Very, very nice. And we had a good time talking with them. Yeah, we really did. All right. I just wanted to read that. If you would like your email or message or whatever played on the show, all you got to do, follow what Jeff what Jeff just gave you. Yes. Contact the show, right? Okay. Right. All right. So let's go to Darren Heitner. Our guest is what one might refer to as a true Renaissance man. As the founder of Heitner Legal, he has represented athletes, agents, entertainers, small businesses, and large corporations. In addition, he has taught sports agency management at various colleges, and the course he taught is one he created. He's also the author of the book, How to Play the Game, What Every Sports Attorney Needs to Know. From po photos posted on his Florida Date Night Instagram, it appears as, is, as if he is quite the accomplished cook. And if all that's not enough, he has also recently launched the very informative and entertaining podcast, How to Play the Game, which covers sports business and sports law-related issues. With the first episode released in early April, he has already spoken with numerous guests, offering their unique perspectives on the current state of sports. We are so excited to welcome Double Gator, the sports and entertainment attorney, Darren Heitner, to Baseball and Barbecue. Welcome, Darren. Thanks for having me, and uh, I love that it's baseball and barbecue. You did note that I love promote, promoting the things that we're cooking at home, especially as we're staying at home, but I don't want to give myself too much credit. That Florida Date Night Instagram account was the brainchild of my wife, and I'm on there occasionally, but she's the brains behind it, so I'll give her credit in case she listens to this podcast. Very nice. I hope she's going to listen. She's got to listen. Anything you do, she's <laughs> She's right. got to listen. So, Darren, before we start, just what we got to know. I know what it means, and I told Jeff, but tell us what a double gator is. A double gator is an honor for anybody who had the opportunity to get their undergraduate degree and a postgraduate degree at the University of Florida. For me, it was four years with a political science major, mass communication and geography minors, and then followed by three years of law school at the Levin College of Law. And I went straight through. Well, you certainly uh, did well, obviously, a great success. Since this is baseball and BBQ, I, I really like to focus our discussion on, on baseball. I have listened to a couple of your podcasts, uh, How to Play the Game, which I really enjoy. I like the business side of baseball. But let me ask you this. Recently, the MLB and the Players Association agreed to an adjustment to the collective bargaining agreement due to the coronavirus. Players will be paid a lump sum, about $170 million through May, and players will get full service time, and the MLB will get a reduction of the draft between five and ten rounds. Do I have that accurate? You do, and it may even bleed into the following year with regard to a reduction in the draft, obviously really having a negative effect toward uh, potential future union members as opposed to the current union members. There are additional components to the revisions to the collective bargaining agreement, including a deferral of a large chunk of the signing bonus money and even 
capping it back at what it was a year ago as opposed to the 3% increase on an annual basis. So by and large, again, you, you, you have the basics correct. It, by and large, it's, it, it affects those individuals who would potentially be drafted by a major league baseball organization and then typically spend at least some time within the farm system. And even there, uh, we may see some modifications in, in the very near future based on COVID-19. There was a rumor last week that after minor league baseball fought very hard to prevent this from happening, that it would be caving in and taking 40 of the 160 affiliated minor league teams and making them unaffiliated. So there's drastic effects that are playing out currently. But what we do know is at least for this year's Rule 4 draft, there will be a, a severe reduction in the number of rounds, which means many less players drafted. Uh, and I think that'll also lead to a lot of high schoolers determining that it's better for them to go to college or maybe a junior college for a year or two as opposed to going straight into the majors. Then again, the top players may have less competition at the lower levels just because by virtue of the fact that there are going to be less people that are drafted. Darren, if you had to make a prediction, is there going to be any kind of season this year? Yeah, I do believe so. I think Major League Baseball is working extremely hard day in, day out to come up with a game plan that makes sense both, both fiscally and also from a responsibility standpoint. I, I can't envision that a season does not occur. I think Major League Baseball has the bigger difficulty – amongst the major sports in the U.S., one, based on sheer timing of this playing out, obviously COVID-19 striking the U.S. and it being really at the same time or just prior to spring training and when it was supposed to begin and, and pitchers and, and catchers reporting. And I think the other constraint is the fact that you have 162 regular season games. So this is a season that lasts longer than most other professional sports leagues. And so I think that Major League Baseball is in an unfortunate position where I can certainly foresee games being lost. But seeing the, eradic the eradication of a season altogether, I, I don't believe that's, that's in, at least in my mind, in the realm of possibility. At worst, I could see the teams going back to playing either in a select few locations where the economy has been reopened. We're already seeing economies be reopened, particularly in Georgia. And I think that'll be a very good test case for uh, MLB. But even if it's in all of the jurisdictions where there are teams based, I could certainly see it be relaxed in where at first there are no fans at all, or at least there I've seen plans more recently where there's, huge gaps between sections of seats before we actually see the full-blown type of attendance that we're used to, except for in, in Miami where it's normal to have 5,000. <laughs> that's a great segue because I'm going to follow up with that. The players, I believe the, part of that agreement that I talked about earlier was the players would receive a prorated pay based on the number of games played. But now the owners are balking at that, saying they need further reductions Due to, if there's no fans, reduce, reduce revenue from ticket sales, concessions, parking, signage, and all that if the game to play with no fans. Do you see any further negotiations on these points? And I, I know I read that Tony Clark already said the issue has been settled. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, look, Major League Baseball Players Association has long been recognized as the strongest union in all of professional sports. I think that the perception is that that, that position of strength may have changed in the recent past based on more recent moves and a lack of maybe a, a determination or a desire to engage in very hard negotiations, at least with regard to collective bargaining agreements. But I would be hard-pressed to believe that the Players Association will just cave in and allow the league to do anything more than simply reducing pay on a pro-rata basis. Reducing pay on a pro-rata basis obviously makes sense. If, if less than, than the normal number of games are played, then certainly the players should. I think if there was going to be a full-blown dispute and it reached any sort of court of law, that would it would be understandable that the players would take a reduction based on the numbers of games missed. But to ask the players to take further reductions based on a lack of fans in their seats or based on issues that the teams or league may have from a sponsorship standpoint, I think is, is reaching a bit too far. And I would expect that the Players Association fights very hard for it. If not, then I think that there would be some credence to saying that this union has changed a lot in the recent past because I wouldn't have expected prior unions to prior union leadership to cave in so easily. Yeah, this isn't your Marvin Miller, Donald Fear union anymore. So Darren, you, you started out as a sports agent and you, so you represented, I know you represented some major league baseball players, uh, some football players, I don't know if you represented uh, athletes in other sports. Which is which would you say are the let's say the easiest players to represent? The you know the least needy. <laughs> you know, I, I I can't characterize a player as being easier or harder to represent simply by virtue of the sport that he or she plays. I did not ever represent any female athletes, only male, so I'm restricted to that. But I mean you would probably think that the divas are all in, in the NFL. And that's not necessarily true. I think if, if I needed to generalize my response, the easiest individuals to represent based on my experience would be baseball players. Uh, you know, I think that they have, I guess, experienced more struggle throughout their careers than the vast number of athletes who are professional in other sports. If you think about players who are drafted in the NBA or in the NFL, they're typically not going through any sort of developmental program. Now, certainly the NBA does have what's called the G League now. It's a, de a developmental league, and it's for individuals who are largely not drafted or came from overseas and haven't had an opportunity to showcase their skills in front of scouts. Or even now, more recently, players who want to skip going to college and go straight into the professional ranks. But even then, those individuals are making, let's say, mid-six figures. Whereas, and, and in professional football, in the NFL, you get drafted and you're most likely going to make a 53-man roster and at least earn minimum salary. Whereas so many baseball players are drafted or not and have to go through the system it takes a lot of time if they ever even make it. I know players who have spent 10 to 15 years in the minors before retiring, never making it to, major, to the highest level. 
So I think that, you know, those, because they have those experiences, they're oftentimes a bit easier to manage and a bit less demanding because of it. Every time major leagues had a economic issue, they always seem to expand. Right. So if they expand because of they lost so much revenue for, for this, this season, maybe the minor leagues, they, they're reducing the amount of teams, but with new teams coming on, being expanded into the league, maybe they don't get re- reduced. Maybe they uh, become affiliated again. Your thoughts? Oh, the, the potential that it's just a, a temporary solution to cause roughly 40 teams to become unaffiliated and that they, they could reaffiliate in the future. Is, is that the suggestion? Yes. yes. It's possible. I mean, remember, this, is, this was an issue predating COVID-19. A lot of the major league franchises and the league in general wanted some sort of contraction. And a lot of that was a byproduct of what's sort of happening behind the scenes and what's been occurring behind the scenes for quite some time now, a few years, which is an effort by many minor league players to gain better rights through the court system. So minor league players, for anyone who's listening, they make very little money. A lot of the individuals who are surviving in the minors are surviving either based on the signing bonuses that they earn through the draft or really through their families that love them and want to see them pursue their dreams. And minor league baseball players have been fighting in a class action lawsuit for quite some time to get better wages and get better working conditions. And that's a case that's been pending with no end in sight. And I think that a reaction by major league baseball for some time was, you know, they, they sort of see the potential writing on the wall, which is that a court could agree that these are employees that deserve to be making better wages. And if that's the case, you're taking minor league baseball, which has long been a very profitable venture for these owners, and turning it into something that may have a, a little bit more exposure, uh, where they have more risk from a business standpoint, an economic standpoint. And so, yes, certainly we could see teams become unaffiliated and then become affiliated again. Although I think the league will fight hard to either keep it at 120, which is the reduction, or reduce even more. Wow. Darren, you've got a podcast now that I mentioned in the intro. Tell us about the podcast. I have to tell you, when I first see what it's about, you know, sports business and sports law related issues, I was like, hmm, I don't know. But it's fascinating. The people that you talk to, I mean, you speak to agents. You spoke to somebody who represented an XFL player. Right. Um, you, it's fascinating. I'm really enjoying the podcast. What What made you start it? Where's it going? And tell us about it. Thanks. I, you know, for the longest time, people told me, they implored me that I create a podcast. And I was just like, ah, okay, what's a podcast? I don't listen to podcasts myself. Why am I going to create one when I don't listen to it? I always try to put my sh- my feet in the in the shoes of the consumer and I'm like I don't see the value here and then I became a podcast listener and I actually started enjoying a lot of the content that other people were putting out and so I listened to those who urged me to create one and when COVID-19 originally hit and everyone was panicking and literally every single business was suffering to some extent including my law firm and you know for a few days it was you know okay, well, a lot of my clients are corporate clients 
and they could be crushed by this. So I had a little bit of time on my hands. And so I did a very small amount of research and I realized that creating, believe it or not, creating a podcast and disseminating it was a bit easier than I thought it would be. Uh, there are some amazing tools out there that make it incredibly simple to create, edit, and push out. Certainly not the same type of quality as some of these podcasts that are earning millions of dollars potentially, but if I want to do it for my own purposes, it's not too difficult. I actually ordered a microphone, which you can't see on, on your video right now, but hopefully that, that makes the content, the quality of the content a bit better. And I don't know, for me, I always try to reinvent myself. I never, I never want to become lazy. I never want to become satisfied with what I'm doing from a professional standpoint. And so I thought that perhaps creating a podcast would be a good way for me to not only meet new people and, and create new relationships, such as what we have right here, right. but also in a way to reconnect and stay in touch with either current clients or other colleagues in the space. I mean, just today, earlier, I recorded a new podcast that will come out later with David Mulligetta, who by all means was the most successful NFL agent in this past uh, NFL draft. He had eight clients just to himself selected in the first 52 picks. You know, without that podcast, would we be talking? Sure. But it's a great opportunity to just explore different areas with individuals and I think stay connected. I created a website called Sports Agent Blog back in 2005. And one of the main reasons why I did that was to stay connected or to become connected and then stay connected with my industry. And I think it's always important to, to be doing those types of things. Well, it's really a fascinating podcast. I mean, I've learned a lot just by listening to, to a few episodes that I've heard. And I think it'll really get the people who think they can run a team and really get the inside, like things that you never thought of. Like the other day I was listening to it and I knew about the reduction of, of sales revenue and, and at the ballparks. But didn't dawn on me about the signage, all those people not looking at the signs. That, but yeah, that's got to cost them money too. Absolutely. And the longer that you know, COVID-19 is drawn out, the longer that there are concerns and potentially games that are missed, and even as we mentioned earlier, if games are not missed, or if some are, but it, it goes back to quote-unquote normal without the fans in place, I could certainly see disputes erupting if one side – in the equation that being between the teams and, and the sponsors don't give concessions are, are vitally important in times like these, because if both sides are going to stand firm, the team saying you paid us, we're not going to return any amount of money or the sponsors saying pay us back for what we've paid, or we're not going to actually pay out on the promises that we made that can brew a very uh, violent dispute. And so I think that it's going to be very important for both sides to make appropriate concessions to avoid those disputes from arising. Because one way or the other, I mean, either both sides are going to feel aggrieved to an extent. It's just a matter of coming to a conclusion where they can live with the result and hopefully continue their relationships into the future. Because this won't last forever. Right. That, 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 that signage behind home plate now, that becomes very expensive, doesn't it? Because more people are watching TV. And, and the thing is, does the company or companies that have already engaged with the teams and brokered a deal, enter into a contract for that space, do they just get a better benefit of the bargain? I would say yes. You can't renegotiate that now because 
you know, there's more value. At the same time, if there's inventory, then certainly the teams may be able to make up some money that they have to forfeit to other sponsors by virtue of the extra money that they'll be uh, earning for behind home plate. It's a very good point. Darren, I'm going to switch it up a little because I mentioned before that you are a cook and you and your wife, she Florida date night, right? Her Instagram site. You doing any barbecuing? Nonstop. It's amazing. So we COVID, COVID-19 hits and I remember that I have a barbecue. I mean, it's like I had forgotten for months and I love the barbecue. I don't love to cook. I leave that to my wife, by and large. I mean, she great, makes great salads, so on and so forth. But I love nothing more than to hit up the barbecue. But what I've done, you know, I, I was a chicken guy. I was a steak guy. I'm trying to lay low on the red meat. Lately, what I've been doing a lot of barbecuing of is salmon. We go to a, a local place called the Fish Peddler in Fort Lauderdale, get very fresh salmon, get the wood plank, which is the best and really the only way to barbecue salmon. Mm-hmm. Wet that wood plank for a while, slap the salmon on there, good, get, put some good spices. Last night we, we uh, put some like Dijon mustard on top of the salmon, throw it right in there in the barbecue. I mean, you can get that thing up to 600 degrees. I don't care. It's, it's sparking. You can hear it crackling when you're outside. It's, it's awesome. And it's a nice taste- sound. So we've been doing that. We've been barbecuing asparagus. Love barbecuing potatoes. Mm-hmm. Really good. Try to think what else. I mean, of course, chicken. Haven't experimented with other types of fish yet. We got scallops recently, but we didn't do it on the barbecue. I'm a little afraid of how that would turn out. But telling you, barbecued salmon is fantastic. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah, that board going. The cedar. You're using a cedar plank, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. And it just, the crackle, and the fish is always so moist. It's really, it's really good. You don't want to take it out too early, though, especially if you've got a thick piece, because, you, you know, you start digging into it, and it's great, and then you get to the center, and it's too thick, and it's not right. fully cooked. So, I would also recommend to anyone listening that uh, is trying it to oil the plank. You want to oil the plank because it does stick if you don't. It's much better. Do you... Do you do that? I haven't yet, but I'm definitely paying attention. So, we'll, we'll, <laughs> well, maybe you haven't. Maybe you haven't had that problem. But I find that if I don't oil the plank, I get the salmon sticking. You know, a light coat of oil. And you mentioned potatoes. You mentioned potatoes. So I got to tell you guys, I was going to save this for another episode, but I like to use the rotisserie, and I was making a uh, a big boneless pork roast the other day on the rotisserie. This, this is a guilty pleasure. So you were talking about not eating, you know, too much red meat. This is vegetables, potatoes, but this, <laughs> this is not something you want to do a lot. Take the drip pan, goes under the roast pork, and then, I don't know, partially through when you've got some drippings in the pan, slice up some Yukon Gold potatoes. They don't have to be Yukon Gold, but they seem to do well. You slice them up nice and thin like almost potato chip thin. And I guess it's better if you use a, that slices them nice and thin. All of a sudden I can't remember the name of them. What? A slicer. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) we'll call it a slicer. Anyway, you make them nice and thin and you take them and you put them in the drip pan. 
So now the drippings from the pork are going on the potatoes. When they're done, when the pork is done and the potatoes have got, you know, the drippings on them, you take them out, you put them on the grates. This is kind of time consuming, but you put them out on the grates and you let them cook and they get brown and crisp and oh, they are good. <laughs> I just had lunch and I'm already hungry. <laughs> it's time consuming. It's not healthy, but it's quite good. So, <laughs> as you can tell, Darren Leonard, see Bob's new guy. I'm more well, the baseball guy. So I, I see. Yeah, although I have learned a lot from him. A little bit of both here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. What type of barbecue are you using? What type uh, of barbecue? A, uh, a Weber. I don't know. Well, we're using uh, gas. I used to have a charcoal. Right. And honestly, look, you talk to anyone who barbecues, the best taste is always going to be a charcoal barbecue. But it's such a pain in the ass. I mean, if I was retired <laughs> and I didn't have to worry about anything and I could spend as much time as possible like cleaning it out and whatnot, to be honest, when I'm even cooking uh, chicken, I don't like cooking it straight on the barbecue. I'll use that, um, like that copper foil so I don't have to clean it up afterwards. And believe it or not, the taste is still good. So for me, I had a charcoal barbecue. I really never used it. I mean, after 10, 15 times, I was just like, you know, one time you forget to clean it and it's a nightmare. So I ended up actually just discarding it. And now I'm, I'm full-blown gas grill. It's, it's just easy. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and it, it cooks good enough. I mean, it's still right. better than, you know, cooking at home on a stovetop. It doesn't get the charcoal taste, but I'll survive. Darren, I got one last baseball question for you. And it has to do with the collective bargaining agreement that's going to expire after next season. I mean, I've already seen the animosity this year between the players and the owners. And I, I, do you foresee some type of stoppage or some type of, you know, serious problems with collective bargaining agreement given the revenue hit this year? Honestly, no. Oh, typically, that's good. Yeah, typically, when you're this far out, and, and when I say this far out, we're not that far away from expiration. This is usually when you start to see either the, the team slash league and or the union start to hint in the media that there's going to be a work stoppage and that there are key elements of the agreement that are just not acceptable at this point and need renegotiation. And you start to really hear the word strike or lockout used quite a bit. And to be honest, we're not seeing it a lot. And I don't know if that's a, by virtue of the fact that there's so much attention on the modifications made based on COVID-19 or just COVID-19 in general. But I would suspect that, I mean, think about the fact that with the NFL and the NFL Players Association, a year out from expiration, they did come to a new 10-year deal, effectively 11 years because it's for this year as well. Now, the ink was dry, I, I guess, right, right before everyone went crazy about COVID-19. And so perhaps if, if it would have waited a bit, it could have been stalled a little bit. But I don't know. I, I just feel as though there was so much more discussion about the ramifications of not entering into a new deal between the NFL and the NFL Players Association and how different it really is with regard to the current situation between Major League Baseball and the Players Union. 
I could be totally off base. You could have a different perspective than me. That's just my personal opinion. Darren, you think if they, if when baseball returns, that they would go further, in, if they're playing in warm weather sites, that the season would be extended further than usual? Yeah, I think so. I think that goes to you know, some of the proposals that are being discussed behind closed doors with regard to limiting the number of jurisdictions in which baseball is actually being played. I recognize that's, that's a legit concern, that if you're going to try to play the full slate of games, then that means we're going to go into very cold months of the year. And oftentimes some of the better teams in professional baseball are located in those very cold weather climates. So that is a concern. And that's why I could also see a shortened season. I, again, I don't think that we'll see no season whatsoever, but if we're trying to stick to playing games in all those jurisdictions where baseball currently has a home team and not limiting it to certain jurisdictions, then I think limiting the amount of games is a, is a real consideration. Unless, of course, I mean, you, you, you physically can't change the dynamics of these stadiums to allow them to have some sort of cover at this point. Um, and, and perhaps players are willing to play in the colder climates later in the year. I think that's something that, that really needs to be something discussed, and hopefully it is currently being discussed internally amongst the union. Uh, it would be interesting. I, I think as fans, it's something we would probably be okay watching. Yeah, uh, from but, the comfort of our home. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Look, NFL players participate in these cold months. I mean, think about games in Green Bay yeah. in December. So... It's not as though it's unheard of in professional sport. It's just unheard of in baseball. Right. Right. Darren, I think we're running a little low on time here. You have written for Forbes and Inc. Magazine. Any uh, other uh, things that you put out there? You put out a book called How to Play the Game. Anything else you're working on? Yeah. I, I Talking about reinventing myself, besides the podcast, I, I started writing at a website called Above the Law. I started doing that within the past month. So covering sports, business, and law-related issues. And from time to time, I'm writing on my law firm's website, heightnerlegal.com, as well as on my personal LinkedIn. Uh, so obviously, you can find me. I'm very active on social media, whether it be LinkedIn or Twitter, Instagram, etc. I try to distinguish between all of them, although I'm not always successful in doing so. What, what's your Twitter address? Twitter is at Darren Heitner. I, I, I try looking for date night on Twitter. We're not on that, there. That no, no, food on, no food on Twitter. At, at times when we're on vacation, I'll, I'll redeploy my Twitter, which is almost entirely dedicated to sports, and I'll do some sort of uh, focus on food. But I, don't, I don't think that generally my, my audience loves the food on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> was I, was uh, I right? Renaissance, true renaissance, right? He does everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Darren, this has been uh, fantastic. Your insights were terrific. Really enjoyed having you on. Check out his podcast, How to Play the Game. Check out his website, the blogs. He's, uh, really, and you've also appeared on ESPN and a couple other news channels I've seen. There's uh, videos on that uh, available. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a blast. I, I like a podcast where I can talk about sports and food. I'm not sure what you're missing, <laughs> but it's simply like you covered at least some of the, ba of the mandatory bases. Thank, Thank you, you Darren. Hey, Len, that was a terrific interview. I really enjoyed it. It was very, very interesting.
Yeah, very interesting. He had some great points. What do you think they're going to do since we were talking about it and they probably aren't going to make the decision before this airs? What do you think they're going to do? What's going to happen? I have no idea. I do know that ESPN is now going to be showing the Korean Baseball League on, on, on TV, so we could see live baseball if you like. Right, but are we starved for live baseball where we don't know the players? I'm going to just assume I know nothing about their league. Maybe they have a couple of different rules, who knows, but or are we starved to see our teams? Well, well, no matter what's going to happen, it's going to be very different. It's not going to be our, a normal baseball season uh, like we've talked about with, with uh, Russ Salzburg and everybody else who we've come in contact with. It's just not, not going to be normal, and let's just accept it that way. Well, we, we had a talk, and let's give a little shout-out to uh, Mets Musings with our friend Gary Mack, and our other friend Barry Newman was a guest on there with us. We did a roundtable just recently. And, of course, we talked about this season that whether it happens or not and how they realign, if they're going to use a DH, and all these different things that they were going to do. You and I had a little bit of, a, uh, of conflicting opinions on it. Well, look, Glenn, this is America. We each have our own opinions. You know, you're allowed your wrong opinions. I get it. That's fine. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And I listen, if, if 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 I didn't have a wrong opinion, you wouldn't always be right, right? <laughs> as as you're laughing. We're on Zoom and I see Jeff and he's just cracking up. It's good you can make yourself laugh. Yeah. Anyway, that was a great interview with Darren Heitner. Again, Jeff, if anybody wants to contact the show and, and talk about it, discuss their feelings, how could they do that? Give us a call, 516-855-8214. Email us, baseballandbbq at gmail.com. Tweet us, we're at baseballandbbq. We're on Facebook. Leave a, leave a, a comment on our Facebook page. Baseball and Barbecue with Barbecue all spelled out on Instagram. Check us on YouTube. And our website is www.baseballandbbq.weebly.com. Jeff, if anybody had told me that when we were releasing episode 60, well, that we were even going to get to an episode 60, but if anybody had told me that we would be doing this via Zoom and we would be sheltered and, and there would be no baseball and all this, I, I would have said, you're insane. The show must go on. Yes, and I'm glad it did. <laughs> and I'm glad, yes, that's, I'm glad that we did episode 60. and now. We will be releasing, for anyone that's keeping track on their calendar, it will not be another two weeks before the next episode. We will be releasing another episode next week. Stay tuned for that. All right. And Len, how do we bring our show home? Baseball always brings you home by none other than Shel Krakowski and Dave Dresser. Take us on out.
Christ of